everybody, how you doing? Will, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's Ice Sport Radio. That's right, it's playoff time, and man, did we have some takes last week that really aren't, uh, really aren't, really are looking kind of silly. We're uh, done, is what you're saying. Three games into these, uh, three games into these Lord Stanley Cups tournament here. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of Fun and Games for the evening. We have a lot to get to with the playoffs, and of course we will touch on the Elaine Vigneault hiring. There will be a deep dive into uh, into Elaine Vigneault on tomorrow's Broad Street Hockey Radio, but we will have some reaction to it, of course, tonight on Ice Sport Radio. But first, let's get to the introductions. Let's lead it off with the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. So... I know we're going to get into the playoffs, but like I'm usually the type of person who really embraces the idea of an upset or an underdog win. And somehow the fact that almost all of these series seem to be heading in that direction has just made me bored. And now I'm annoyed by it. That's what I'm, that's my hot take. <laughs> I, like the every series is two to one, except for the two crazy ones that we're going to lead off with when we get to the playoffs, uh, playoff series but like, I don't think um I'm not leaning upset on anything except those first two and we'll talk about it whether you even consider the Islanders over the pens an upset and whether it should be considered one or not but uh we'll get into it I these playoffs haven't yet been super exciting especially considering like the best team of all time one of the best teams of all time is about to go down it's but pretty we'll wild to- We'll get to all that. First, let's throw it over to TheAthletic.com's own Charlie O'Connor. So I've kind of went back and forth for like probably the last six or seven years as to whether I like whether I like the rule that you're allowed to basically just sign prospects and then throw them into the playoffs for their first games. And sometimes I decide I don't like it, and sometimes I decide I like it. I think right now I'm on the side of I like it because it's fun and these players are fun to watch, but sometimes it really annoys me. And I think it's solely dependent on whether the team that does it is a team I'm rooting for or not rooting for. Oh, certainly. I mean, absolutely. Like when the Rangers got Chris Kreider and threw him in there and then we had to spend two series hearing about how amazing Chris Kreider was, I hated it. But I like Kale McCarr, so I'm like, this is cool. Yeah, I think, especially with the college kids, I think it's so cool that they can, like, step right off of campus, and the next thing you know, they're in the damn Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, if that's not a... Like, I just think that that's cool that something like that can happen. It can definitely be annoying when they go on and on about it, and when it's the goddamn Rangers, <coughs> it, I, I can't imagine anything worse. I just, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Matt, there's nothing more boring than the Rangers. The worst. I, but I uh, I have... I don't always have an opening take for this show. And given my, my favorite team's recent head coaching hire, uh, which we'll get to in a minute, this may seem like some sort of preemptive homerism or something. Uh, trust me, I have reserva- reservations about Vigneault. Uh, but my take is more about perception. And it's not perception of any particular team, but the way we look at the NHL season in general. As it stands now, the Stanley Cup is the NHL's championship and nothing else matters. I won a Stanley Cup if, you know, for example, Elaine Vigneault wins a President's Trophy or two and doesn't bring home the postseason hardware like he, you know, has done in his previous two jobs. I will say he's yet another disappointment. 
But we, but should we be that? Should that be the only measure of success? Because I've begun looking at the NHL regular season and the Stanley Cup playoffs as two entirely different entities, and honestly, like equal in their merits. Because regular season doesn't really accurately describe the the just day-to-day war that is an NHL season. And if we say we need 100% effort out of these guys every night, it's kind of asinine to then go, oh, well, what they did in the regular season doesn't matter. Like, I'm just looking at it like we sometimes refer to the playoffs as the second season. And I think that's a better way to go about it. It's just two different seasons. Yeah, the team that wins the President's Trophy should be favored in the playoffs, but nightly domination of the entire league like we had out of Tampa this year is a totally different thing than beating the same team four times in two weeks and playing them seven times in a row. Like, I just think we should take a different approach to the way we look at these things. Tampa is a different case. Like, what they're doing right now, That's uh, th- this is a choke job, absolutely. But I just don't think... On its own, we should look at regular like regular season success not mattering if you don't get it done in the postseason. Because then what is the point of the regular season? Is it really just 82 games, six months of seeding? Like, that's all it is, is working out seeding? Because, honestly, that means we're college basketball. And I cannot watch the regular season a little bit and then get right into the postseason. I mean, it, it kind of is... 82 games of seating, but not just like it's also meant to be like entertaining and fun and exciting. And I mean, all sports are, you know, meaningless at the end of the day. Like there's no real point to any of this. So it's just, you know, 82 games of fun and working out who's the best team and who's the worst team. And then we get to the playoffs when they're trying to win the prize. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. I definitely don't think that the regular season is meaningless, but I also don't think that you can just erase what happened during the regular season at the start of the playoffs and just say, well, we're starting with a totally clean slate. Nothing before matters. So I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, thought, thought number one is that I agree with your premise. that, And when, when I say your premise, what I agree with is that I don't think it's right that we totally, just as a hockey community, we basically come to the conclusion that regular season success is meaningless if you don't get it done in the playoffs. I do believe regular season success should be celebrated more than it is. I think winning, the having the best record in hockey is a big friggin' deal, and in a lot of ways, it's almost even more impressive than winning a couple coin flips playoff series. So I do think that there's there's not enough value placed upon winning the regular season. Follow up to that, however, is that, you know, the, the, the comparison you get a lot is with the, uh, the Premier League, the Premier League soccer in England, where they don't have playoffs. Basically, when the, the, the season is the season. The team that wins the Prem is the team that had the best record. Granted, there's a Champions League that the next year that you get into by winning your league or doing well in your league, and that's like basically the Super Bowl of soccer. But the Premier League, which is probably the most popular sports league in the world, I'd say, doesn't have playoffs. The idea of playoffs mattering so much is definitely a... It's definitely a North American type thing. That's not really the way things work elsewhere. But there's, there's kind of there's consequences of doing it the way that hockey does it. Like classic example is this 
by doing it the way they do it, you do inherently cheapen the regular season to a degree for this reason. Because the playoffs are all that matters, the second half of the regular season, for a lot of the games that the great teams are playing, they're playing against teams that aren't really even trying to win anymore because they're not going to make the playoffs. So you might as well, you know, sit all your guys that are injured and, you know, call up a bunch of guys from the minors. That doesn't happen in the Prem because in the Prem, they're trying to avoid relegation. So everyone is trying to win every game, which makes the regular season for those leagues matter inherently more than it does in the NHL when the regular season maybe gets cheapened a little bit because in the end, the good teams, you know, they might not be playing all their guys because they're saving their guys for the playoffs, and the bad teams might not be playing all their guys because it doesn't matter anyway, and finishing 30th or 28th, it doesn't matter, you know, other than spots and the draft, and that doesn't even matter because there's a lottery now. So that does inherently cheapen it in comparison to, like, a league like the Prem. So I don't think you can compare the two things apples to apples. Final statement. Told you there was a lot here. I've made the point on this show a couple times, and I hold to this now. I'm going to bring this up because it, it I think it fits even more so now than it did a few months ago, is that my compromise is that I wish they found ways to give the teams that had the best records in the regular season more advantages in the playoffs. That would that, that that's that's my idea. I I proposed this a couple a couple months ago that I would like to see maybe the team with the best record in hockey in the first round, they only have to win 3 games. The team that's trying to upset them has to win 4. So you basically make it so that the you know, you're, it's still a coin flip, but you've weighted the coin a little bit more in favor of the team that earned it during the regular season. I don't love the way it is now where the team, you know, the team that has the best record in hockey, they get one more home game than the eighth seed, and that's it. Yeah, they should be inherently better, but seven-game series is it's a crapshoot. So I would love to give the best teams from the regular season more advantages in the playoffs. That would be my way of, of maybe fixing this problem. And now I'm done. Do you think that the uh, the gold plan for draft order would in any way improve the quality of the second half of the regular season? It could. It could. And by the gold plan, you're talking about Micah's plan where you basically try to win after you're officially out to try to yeah. improve your draft spot. It could. Yeah, so the winningest yeah. team at the end gets the top draft pick rather than the worst team. I don't know if it would solve everything, but it would probably be better than than this, you know, there, there still might be teams that make the calculation that, you know, we'd rather sit our guys for next year than whatnot. I, th- I don't think it's as much of an incentive as it is, you know, we don't want to get relegated because, like, our team might go bankrupt if we get relegated. Like, that's a pretty <laughs> darn big incentive. Um, but, yeah, it would probably help a little bit, Kelly, I think. I just, uh, like, I-, I came up with this. I wrote this whole thing, like, a year ago, I guess in the beginning of this past season. Uh, like, when... You know, the Predators raising the three banners for a year in which they are eliminated in the second round is laughable. But when you raise a uh, uh, a President's Trophy banner and the whole hockey world goes, ha! And then what happened next, assholes? No, it should like, be a, it should like, be a bigger deal. I feel deal. like the President's Trophy, like you're saying, should be like the Premier League. And then the Stanley Cup, I love the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's the coolest freaking thing. But when you talk about, like, what the Stanley Cup is, like, the NHL doesn't even own it. You know, the next lockout, if the people who own the Cup want to go, hey, guess what? 
uh, we're leasing it to the KHL now. Well, now suddenly <laughs> there ain't no Stanley Cup in the NHL. Like it's it's this it, to me it's like this other tournament, and it's awesome. I love the playoffs. The playoffs are better than the regular season. I just wish there was some way to like make the reg like the President's Trophy should be a much bigger deal. It shouldn't be like actually the thing's cursed. You don't even want it. Like really, I should want. I should want to put together a team that gets in on a shootout in the last day of the year at the seventh seed and hope to get lucky rather than build an all-star team that beat literally everybody a million times and then had a bad week. Like, <laughs> I should prefer that other thing? I, that doesn't make sense to me, but, you know. Conversations for another day, I suppose. Nothing we can do about it. I just... The regular season should matter more, but we're in the playoffs now. Before we get to the playoffs... I think we should open with a little bit of Vigneault here. Uh, we'll get into the playoffs. I, like I said, we'll do the deep dive on uh, AV on tomorrow's BSH Radio. I just want your initial, immediate thoughts. When you got the alert, hey, Elaine Vigneault is the Flyers coach. What did you think? My immediate reaction was, oh, already? Hmm. That's my what immediate. Said. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> my, my immediate just personal reaction was to basically replicate Al Pacino in the Godfather 3. Just when I think they're out, they pull me back in. I thought I was done this season, and you just can't friggin' end it. My first hockey-related reaction was basically, meh. Like, it's fine. It's not, it's not make me jump for joy. I'm not angry. It's just, it's just meh. Yeah, that's yeah, like, a pretty reasonable reaction, I think. A lot like my Lindy Ruff take last week. Um, I just assumed they were going to get someone worse. Like, you know, Vigneault's fine. Uh, he might do a good job. He's had some some decent success in this league. He's coached some really good teams. We'll see. He wasn't the big prize, but in terms of resume, I can't say there was anyone out there with a better resume. Like, if you were to line up everybody's and say, who do you want with no names attached, I go, oh, this one stands out. Um, I will say, and you might think I'm joking here, I think it is a tremendous step forward for the organization to hire a French-Canadian named Elaine. Um, you, make, listen, you make a fair point. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but Scott, Dave, a couple of Craigs, Ken, John, Peter, Bill, Paul, Wayne, Roger. This is a big step. <laughs> Next stop, a Russian. Oh, that'll... Unless I get carried away here, Kelly. <laughs> when Paul Holmgren dies, that would actually kill him. For all of the people, for all of the people who say, we'll never do anything as long as Clarkie and Homer are involved, hire a Russian, and if Fletcher wants to get rid of those two, hire a Russian, and then they drop dead, probably. Uh, McClellan signed with the Kings. He got the job with the Kings. We talked about him being a Buffalo candidate. AV versus Todd Mack. Who do you got? I like AV better. Yeah, I hate I, McClellan. Yeah, I, I, you you really don't like McClellan. I don't hate McClellan, but I, I think I'd rather have Vino. I agree. I agree with that. I don't hate McClellan either. I think he's probably a decent enough coach. But again, line up the resumes. Not bad. We'll see. I'm not excited, but it could work. All right, guys. So um, about these playoffs. Mm. Columbus, eh? What in the world is going Fucking on in that series? What in the world? 3-0 on Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know. I want to read. I want to read here some of our takes from last week's playoff preview show here. Me. Gentlemen sweep maybe five games. Kelly. 
I think it's hilarious that Columbus will continue to have never won a round. Oops. Steph, <laughs> I never thought I'd feel bad for Columbus. Charlie, Columbus is a good team and they made some ads. We were trying to, like, we tried to bring it around. Charlie Me, being rational. I'm rooting for Tampa after the first round, but I'm hoping for that first round upset. I said Bob is due. Columbus finished 7-1. and one. Uh, won more games than a bunch of teams we think are good. But, like, at the end of the day, who the fuck saw this coming? No one. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, I think there was a column on Yahoo uh, a couple days ago, and it, it made a really good point. It was basically that, like, the best part about this series is that a lot of times, a lot of times when a team gets on a great run, you know, that, that no one really saw coming, you hear from all their fans like, ha ha, how could you morons not have saw this coming? We're such a great team. You all doubted us. Whereas this time, like, there are no Columbus fans that are, that are, you know, tooting their own horn and saying they call this. All of them are just as shocked as we are. Like they're they're enjoying this as as a gigantic shock, just like everyone else. It's just like, man, this is so cool. We never thought this was gonna happen. I just I want um like I I wanted Tampa to move on just because I, I the coming takes, man. The coming takes are oh, it's bad to build an all star team. Like you should get lucky. Uh, but I will say I am happy that maybe um. Columbus going all in, even though they were a bubble team, like, will force more teams to look at their situation. Like, you're looking at Tampa, who, like, let's look at Tampa's resume here. Won 62 games, tied for the most ever with the 95-96 Red Wings. 128 points is the fourth most ever. Second most if you exclude the 70s Habs, who won every cup in the 70s except for the two the Flyers won. Only seven other teams have ever won more total games than the Bolts won in just regulation in OT with 56. Points percentage, 10th best ever, 5th best in an 80-plus game season. Uh, they trail 3-0 in the first round to a team they beat by 77 goals in terms of total differential. Like, I know I said I think more, more stock should be put on what you do in the regular season, but... Yo, Tampa, this is a choke job. And when you look at their postseason resume under Cooper, because I'm going to tie this back into Vigneault for a second. 2015, Tampa had a 2-1 lead in the Stanley Cup final, lost three in a row, scoring two total goals. 2016, 3-2 lead in the Eastern final, lost two in a row, outscored 7-3. 2018, 3-2 lead in the Eastern final, didn't score another goal. When we talk about John Cooper, because a lot of people are questioning the timing of the Vigneault hire. If you don't like the Vigneault hire, but you think we should wait for Cooper to get fired, why? You know what I find interesting about that line of thought is that I feel like if if this was were the Flyers team and Flyers fans were evaluating all of the things that you just described we would be blaming it on the core of players and not on the coach because that's what we've done here. And that for me is kind of the biggest thing. Like, I don't know what John Cooper could do to make Steven Stamkos do something because he's done nothing for this entire season. And I'm sure that John Cooper is urging him diligently to please do something on the ice. And he's not. Um, Braden Point also not having a great series. So I'm not really sure... Lowering that offer sheet price. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, I mean, I, I think that you have to lay some of it on Cooper, but I don't think that you can be 
a bad coach and get that team to the level of regular season success that it's seen. I, I don't know what's wrong with them. Honestly. I, I just I don't see I don't see any way he gets fired because I don't like I, I know we've kind of got used to in Philadelphia the idea that, like, the Flyers have unlimited money, but they just signed him to an extension. Yeah. and They're not, they're not going to fire him and still pay him the entirety of the extension. And that extension, kind of the timing of it seemed like a, hey— we're not going to do that crazy overreaction yeah. thing exactly. if it, this, these playoffs don't go so well. You know? Like, it was kind of the answer to, hey, you had this historic year. If you don't get it done in the playoffs, you're out. Like, because that happens a lot. Teams overreact to these somewhat random seven-game series. Uh, like, that kind of seemed like one of those, we're not going to do that crazy thing. Tortorella, though. Is Tortorella just seriously out-coaching Cooper? Like, is it just he's figured out something and, and Cooper can't counterpunch? Well, he's playing some version of the trap, right? Am I wrong there? It seems like he is. I was really looking forward to reading all the articles breaking down what Columbus did to do to, to do this, and then the Flyers signed Vigneault, so I haven't had a chance to read any of them. So I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, Allison Lucan had one that came out today that I really wanted to get to before this show, but I just didn't have time. Um, I think she's doing exactly that, kind of breaking down how they've gotten to this place in the series. But, I mean, he I don't think you can discount that he seems to have found a way to give the star players on the lightning fits. Um, and I don't even like John Tortorella, but he's definitely doing something right here. See, here's, oh, yeah. here's my my issue with with what's going on here. And, like, upsets are fun. This is a neat story, whatever. My concern is I don't think they're going to fire Cooper. I, I I just I don't see financially them doing it. I just don't think a team you know Tampa's not a poor team, but they're not they're not the Flyers, they're not the Rangers, they're not the, yeah. the Maple Leafs. Like they're not just going to eat all that money. I just don't see it. But my concern is this: I, I think back to I think back to that Capitals team in 2010. And that Capitals team was great. They were a great team, and they were a goddamn blast to watch. They were offense, high octane. Like they let friggin' uh, it was Ovechkin was unreal, Backstrom was unreal. It was uh, who was the other the other guy they had um, who they ended up giving up on because they got frustrated with them. But he was super fun to watch. Uh, he ended up in Carolina. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm blanking. I forget his name, but he was really good. Um, they Seven? were. Yeah, Alexander, Alexander Semin. There we go. Yeah. They were a blast to watch. And what happened? They ran into Yaroslav Halak for four games, and they got upset in the first round, and then they decided this shit doesn't work in the playoffs. We got to change everything and become boring and defensively oriented and all this crap. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, that helped the Flyers because that gave them a much easier path to the final that year, and that was great. But I remember thinking that, like— I always wondered how the NHL this decade would have played out had the Capitals just won the cup that year, just dominated everybody like they did in the regular season, and then all the hockey men who just decide, well, we're going to copy the last team that won the championship would have tried to copy that Caps team, and that would have been great. That would have been good for hockey, and I worry that we're going to see kind of a repeat of that with the Lightning, because the Lightning are a fun team. They're a creative hockey team. They are offense. They push the pace. 
and I, I'm afraid that the takeaway from this series, both from Tampa and from the rest of the league, is going to be, yeah, that stuff might work in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you got to play boring defensive hockey. And I just really don't want to see that happen. I, what I'd like to see Tampa do, what I'd really like to see them do is kind of like what, to, to do a college basketball comparison, kind of do what the University of Virginia did, where they lose in the most embarrassing fashion possible last year in the tournament. They get upset by the 16 seed, first time in, in college basketball history. And they didn't change a damn thing. They didn't fire anybody. They were just like, that sucked, but it was a fluke. And next year we're going to do the same stuff and it's going to work. And then they won the championship the next year. I would love to see Tampa do that. You know, I guess ideally I'd love to see the Flyers win the Stanley Cup instead of them next year. But like that to me would be the ideal Tampa reaction. I just wonder if they're going to have the guts to do it. Or if after you lose in four or five games of the Columbus Blue Jacks in the first round after putting together the best record in hockey, if you don't think, man, we got to toughen up because this shit doesn't work in the playoffs. God, that would suck. Yeah, and that's like when you... Uh, that's the that's my fear because this is fun. I think upsets, especially one of this level, are fun. But like, if the takeaway, like you said, is building an all star team is bad, yeah, I, you know, I don't want every Stanley Cup champ from here on out to look like the L A Kings. Like I'm, uh, you know, that that's not exciting to me either. Some of those series with the Ducks were great because you know they're just beating the shit out of each other for seven games. But that's not always the most exciting hockey. I want teams to be built on the skill and speed and. And I, I, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing necessarily. I will like I think we might be selling Columbus a little short here just because of what they looked like all year. They did end strong, but coming into this series, we talked about this last week. Sergey Bobrovsky, five and fourteen postseason record with an eight ninety one save percentage and a three forty nine goals goals against. So far through three games, three and zero, nine forty, one six seven. Hobie is making himself some money coming into his contract. I would imagine, yeah. It's it's almost like players that aren't good in the playoffs sometimes, out of nowhere, get good in the playoffs. It's amazing. It's almost like there's not something inherently wrong with their character that makes them choke in the playoffs. It's just they had a couple bad games, and then they have a couple good games, and then the narrative completely changes. Amazing. That's the Now the narrative's going to be, Okay, you can just suck in the regular season and then get it going in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, we're for Hobie last year. Yeah, it's it's just like the um, it's just like the Tampa. You know what? Uh, the President's Trophy's nice. Those Vezinas are nice, but you know what? Do it in the playoffs and just kind of get through the regular season. Just right, as a let's... oh no, like, as a funny aside, because we're Wizards, Steven Stamkos just scored a goal. Oh, of course he did. Hey. <laughs> So speaking of teams, I thought I had no I thought had no chance of winning the cup. The New York Islanders lead Pittsburgh three nothing in this series. Um, uh, last week I said I have the pens in the sweep. Uh, I also said fuck this series right in the butt. Uh, Islanders are barely an NHL team in my mind. Charlie <laughs> said this series makes me so mad. Because the Pens are the third seed, and they got the easiest matchup. Tampa should get to play the Islanders because the Islanders are not good. I'm sorry, they're not a good team. Steph said, series could be interesting. Don't think it'll be a sweep for the Pens. <laughs> nope, it won't be a sweep for the... I mean, I guess technically it could be from here, but they, they are down 3 nothing. This one is just another... Like, really? Is this, like, is this team... Do I have to just... Uh, Realize I'm wrong and say the Islanders are good. No, the Islanders are bad. So I actually, I hold everything I said in that original statement. 
this series makes me so mad because what should have happened is the Islanders should be playing the Lightning, who the Lightning would kick the shit out of, and the Blue Jackets should be playing the playing the Penguins, who they would also kick the shit out of. And then I would be getting exactly what I want out of the first round, which is the Lightning moving forward and the Penguins still losing. So this, like, it hasn't changed my opinion of the Islanders. It just changed my opinion of the Penguins, who now I now think are like, this is what I thought the Penguins were potentially going to be when they decided to basically make their half their defense be bad. And the Islanders, to their credit, and to Barry Trotz's credit, is taking full advantage of the fact that half of half of the Penguins' defense is bad. And they're doing a great job on Crosby. Like, they're basically—and and granted, that second thing is really damn tough, so props props to the Islanders and props to, to Trotz on that front. But it doesn't—it hasn't changed my view that the Islanders aren't a very good team. It's just made me realize, like, God, the Penguins are playing, like, utter trash. Which is fun. It's for fun. Me personally. No, I like that part of it. It's not bad. Is it is it just over for the Penguins? Like this run of theirs is maybe finally over? I mean it it doesn't help that their two biggest stars are reaching the declining period, but it also doesn't help that the team is doing really stupid things like signing Jack Johnson and bringing in Good Branson and it's like they're making themselves actively worse on the defensive end. So, you know, good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just like, I'm struggling because I said last week I'd barely consider the Islanders an NHL team. That's more of an organizational thing than their true talent. But when you look at their roster, you go like, what is this? But I got to like, hey, man, they won 48 games, which is the same number as the Capitals. They finished one point behind the Capitals for the, uh, for the Metro crown. And that's a team that's won two President's Trophies and a Cup in the last four years. The Islanders were a point behind them. Uh, I don't. I, maybe they're better. They didn't lose four in a row all year. They lost three in a row once in early November, and one was in a shootout. Uh, Robin Lehner has been incredible. Three and oh, one six two nine five one. My, I, I'm beginning to think maybe I really underestimated the Islanders. We were wrong on Val Philpola, fam. We, we were wrong. not wrong. I watched the guy play. He's not good. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, he's he's still bad. I I think this is this might end up being the uh, the what the 2016-17 Ottawa Senators all over again, where you're like this team's bad, but they just keep winning and keep winning, and then finally somebody beats them like way later than they should have been, and then next year they're still bad. I realize they have 13 wins to go before they accomplish anything, but just one of two fun exercises I want to run by you guys here. If Barry Trotz wins back-to-back cups with two totally different teams. Is he the greatest of all time? Uh, like, that would be... It, particularly <laughs> considering this team, yeah, I would, exactly. it would be hard to argue against it. Like, winning with that Capitals team is one thing because they are loaded with talent, but if somehow this Islanders team wins the Stanley Cup, that's just some, some fucking magic. I, I think you could... I think if he were to win the cup with this team, you could argue he's the best coach of this era. Now, I would not say he's the best coach of all time because there's been some amazing NHL coaches before like my lifetime and even like into the beginning of my uh, my NHL fandom. But yeah, I would say that if he, if he were to win the cup this year, you could make a very strong case he's the best coach of this of this entire era because his teams are always good. And then he's got two cups to put it, you know, to kind of serve as the exclamation point on top of an already pretty darn impressive resume. Great, I don't think they're going to win this cup, 
But yeah, no, if they if they, if if they did, yeah, I think you'd have a pretty strong case to be the consider the best coach of this of this section of of NHL history. All right, fun exercise B. Say our our old pal Ron signed Robin Lehner uh, in July, and he moved on from one of uh, Elliot or Neuvert. Would Dave Haxtall more likely A, be unemployed regardless, or B, in Jack Adams' contention? Ooh, that's a spicy question. I don't think he'd be in Jack Adams' contention, but it is certainly plausible that he did not get fired. The argument I'll make against this is that I do think Laner is benefiting dramatically from Trotz's defensive system, and I he would obviously not be benefiting from that if he signed in Philly. Like, it, it, he might have played well enough to help Hack keep his job, but I don't think, like, I don't think he would have been great. Like, the penalty kill was still fatally flawed the first two months of the year. No goaltender could have could have made the saves that, on the chances the Flyers were allowing on the PK through the end of November. And the defense was a mess, too, the first two months of the year. So maybe, maybe it really didn't matter who was in net. Maybe the Flyers were just so much of a disaster the first two months of the year that this was going to happen regardless. I'll accept that. I wanted to oppose the two extremes, like, because the answer probably is in the middle. Like, he maybe wouldn't have been fired, and they would have been, you know, the second wild card, but he, he's not winning the Jack. I just, which was more likely. Uh, do you consider this an upset? Like, the Islanders had the crazy year. They were awesome. The Penguins are the Penguins, but they're not that great team anymore. Is this an upset? I consider it an upset. Yeah, and I I don't even know if it's like a logical upset, but I do consider it an upset. I think that the Penguins are just a team that on the whole you expect to perform in the playoffs because they always have. And the fact that they're not, I think, is a little bit choky. Not as choky as the Lightning, but still a bit choky. So now time to get to Charlie's favorite series. Toronto Maple Leafs leading the Boston Bruins 2-1. to one. I know these are Chuck's two favorite teams. Try to <laughs> remain unbiased, Charlie. We're paying you to be an analyst, not a fan right now. <laughs> That's a good callback. host of the professional sports writer. Um, <laughs> how, my first question about this series, because we talked last week about, like, especially Boston, like, being perhaps the second-best team in hockey uh, and how shitty their path is through the East just to get to an Eastern Conference final. How amped must these two teams be about what's happening to Tampa Bay right now? I would imagine they are over the moon about it because either one of them now, the path is a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll make the point to, to toot my own horn for a second that at the start of the year, I did pick Toronto to win the, to get to the uh, the Cup final because my argument was Tampa's a better team, but they just are going to be the Capitals of this year. They're going to lose every year we think they're going to win, and they're going to win finally the year we just think it's over. So no, hey, nailed it. This is setting up pretty good for for September era Charlie. Tampa is going to win the Cup the year uh, Vigneault wins the Flyers a President's Trophy. Oh, That's God. What's happen. There we go. That's the one. This is, a, this is a long-term prediction here. Uh, I, this is—listen, this was 
shaping up to be the most entertaining series because these are two teams with a history. They're teams that have run into each other several times before. Familiarity breeds contempt. Uh, I always like when these two teams meet in the playoffs because they have this history. What are we seeing? Like, is this... I mean, two to one is two to one. It, it really... Every series, except for the top two we talked about, is two to one. What are we liking here? Who do we think is going to come away with this thing? How is ta- how is Toronto taking the lead? I mean, it's... It's definitely been an entertaining series. I don't think it's been a letdown at all on the entertainment front. Um, I honestly think that it's probably going to go seven, and it could go either way. Yeah, I'm pretty much with Kelly on that front. Though I do think that Kadri being out because he's a moron again is a big loss for Toronto. Yeah, that is a big loss. And God, what an asshole. Like, dude, come on. Like, what do you think is going to happen if you cross-check a guy in the head and also you're actually good? Like, why? Absolutely no need. He did it last year, too. He's such an he, idiot. Like, it's the same team. <laughs> I, I don't understand what, like, is he going into some kind of fugue state? Does he lose his mind? Like, I don't understand. I, I, I can't, for the life of me, imagine what was going through his head when he skated up to that guy and cross-checked him in the head. Yeah, I mean, they're just, uh, some guys are dumb. And you would hope a, a coach like Babcock could kind of get that out of some guys. That's my that was like my number one reason against Dan Bilesma as Flyers coach. Like, yeah, he won a cup and everything, but to me like the Flyers issue is they're too emotional and they're too undisciplined, they're too inconsistent, and Bilesma wasn't able to coach that out of like a great Penguins team. So and to, that's to get a guy like Kadri under control when you have the um when you have the talent that the Leafs have, I don't know. That that speaks to coaching to me. I, I know, know you can't do it for them, but yeah. like some guys are just idiots. Like yeah, no, there there are just some dummies out he's, there. He's Radko Gudas. Like he's just a jackass. He does dumb stuff sometimes because he forgets what he's meant to be doing. I like fugue state. I think we'll go with that. I like <laughs> it too. It's fun. All right. So Caps Canes, uh, the Caps dominated Game Three after losing the first two, but of course God, that was such a fun game too. Of course, the big story: the Svechnikov Ovechkin fight. Ovechkin trashed him. Uh, Svechnikov asked for the fight. There's no denying that. Um, what did What do we think about what happened there? And then we'll get into the series. I don't know what that kid was thinking. When he decided to ask for that fight, I'm not sure how he expected that to go. Um, I did like that it produced a number of funny tweets calling Alex Ovechkin the best Canadian boy in the league. Like, he's the most Canadian <laughs> hockey player right now. That Those are pretty funny. But um, I, I do kind of think that people are making a bigger deal out of it than they ought to be just because of the way it ended. The way that Sveshnikov went down and got himself pretty hurt. Um but if it hadn't ended that way, I, I just think it would have been like a an interesting little blip in a game. So, so my my problem with the argument against this is that I just think it's a. I think the people that are arguing against what Ovechkin did are are generally and not not everybody because some people are actually making the argument I think that everyone who's against this wants to make. I think they're making a disingenuous argument because I think the argument they really want to make is that fighting is bad. And if that's your position, then that's fine. I think that's a reasonable position, that fighting is bad in hockey, and this is a classic example of why it's bad. And this isn't a case of Ovechkin being bad. This is a case of just, this is what happens when you permit 
two people on the ice to fight each other. This is what can happen, and this is why fighting is bad. I think that is a fair argument. But the argument yeah. that the argument that Ovechkin needs when when someone goes up to him and is trying to fight in a sport where fighting is maybe not legal, but it is accepted, that Ovechkin should say, No, he's nineteen, this is dumb, I'm not gonna fight him. No. He has every right to knock the kid on his ass. That's the game. Yeah. Now, if you don't Agreed. like it, that's fine. Then advocate to make fighting actually illegal. But I, th- I think the argument that Ovechkin did something wrong under the current rules is disingenuous. Just make the argument that fighting is bad, which is fine if that's your argument. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly, Charlie. Like, uh, it's asinine to say Ovechkin did anything wrong. Ovechkin did something that is a part of the game. I happen to really like that part of the game. Some people don't. If you're against it, just say you don't like it at all. To say Ovechkin, like, it's a fight. This is what happens when two people get into a fight. Whether it's at a bar or on the ice, this is what happens. If you say, hey, let's fight, and you get your ass kicked, that's life. That's what a fight is. You're not wrong. Yeah, that kid, he learned a a solid lesson. You know, that's just the way it goes. Uh, this series, though, it's entertaining. How do we think it's going to go? Because the Canes, I thought, made a statement in Game 3. They sure did, and it would. I feel like if they tie it up, it could get interesting. If they go down 3-1, I mean, obviously, I don't think that they're going to come back from that. But if they tie up the series, um, it could get fun because they yeah. really did dominate the hell out of them in Game 3. Yeah, I mean, we talked about why the series was so fascinating last week was that you had the Canes who on paper, really, you know, in terms of underlying numbers look awesome and the Caps who in terms of underlying numbers look like crap, but the Caps who have all this talent who on paper from a roster standpoint look like they should be so much better than the Canes. And after the way the first two games went, you were like, well, I guess the talent's just winning out, but then you watch game three and that went exactly the way the Canes need to win. They just, they dominated them so much territorially that it didn't matter that the Capitals have Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom and John Carlson and all the and Evgeny Kuznetsov and all these great players. They never had the puck, so it just didn't matter. And that's the formula the Canes need because if you if 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 it ends up being 45-55, you know, like the Canes have the puck 55% of the time. The Caps have it 45% of the time. The Caps are still winning that series. because Oh, yeah, just, there's a reasonable yeah. chance they just shoot a much higher percentage. Yeah, they're just more talented. But if the Canes yeah. have the puck 70% of the time, they're going to win the series. So, like, it's just it's, it's an interesting battle of styles. I, I, I like the series a lot. I want to head out west now. And let's this series, man, this is, like, the least intriguing to me at this point. Uh, it was Islanders-Penguins, but that's playing out in such an interesting way. It's grabbed my attention, even though I said, you know, fuck it right in the butt last week. Um, Pred stars. I just don't care. See, yeah, I was I, I was watching. I mean, have you guys watched yeah. these games? Yeah. Okay, Not because I, I, I watched the, the second half of last night's game because that's when I finally got done my first Vigneault article and that was a fun hockey game like that was the, the the stars were playing the stars all year have been boring they've been a boring team they were the opposite of boring like they just they they went and they stacked Sagan Ben and Radulov on the same line and they were just yeah, I saw that they were just like kamikazeing in the offensive zone it was fun and the Preds were doing their thing with all their skill I'm actually, this series, I'm actually enjoying a lot more than I thought I would. 
Old Lady Hinkle has not stayed up for any Nashville Dallas games, so I cannot <laughs> comment. <laughs> That's although I do like the strategy by Dallas. Instead of, you know, being the fun team in the regular season and going, we got to grit it up in the playoffs, grit it up in the regular season, (laughs) and then go straight all-star skill in the postseason to really throw teams off. Like, you think you're coming into a tight-checking series? Nope. We're going to play like Tampa Bay now. (laughs) I think that's an interesting – that's like Rocky, you know, starting the fight out right-handed in Rocky two and then switching to his left in the final round. There we go. Yeah, nice I got to make Rocky good, references. Good. Yeah, it was, Everyone it was a good poll. It was a good poll. Yeah. Jets Blues. We talked about the Blues last week as kind of a dark horse here. I'm so out on the Jets. Like, I want St. Louis to just dominate them. I'm so, The Jets, to me, are just a team that's not going to get it done ever. Yeah, I, I guess I was uh, pretty dumb for thinking that the Jets were going to somehow find another gear in the playoffs. I, I mean, I just think that looking at that roster, it seems pretty talented, and yet... I, yeah, I just, and also I hate the Blues, so, yeah, I don't, I don't like the way this series is going, but it seems inevitable at this point. I just had to the laugh blue- at my own take saying the Jets are the team that are never going to get it done when we're comparing them to the Blues, but I just, ah, uh, man, Fair. I, screw the Jets. I, sc- <sighs> I, I actually, I actually like both these teams, but, um, but it's just that the Jets for the entire second half have been bad. And and you were hoping that they were going to figure it out. But, like, you know, I, I know this is probably a bad comparison because the Penguins very clearly have not figured it out in, in this playoff series. But the Penguins are sort of a team that everybody kind of cuts some slack yes. if they if they go cold in the second half because yeah. you're just like, well, they, they know how to turn it up for the playoffs. They're, they're, they're a veteran team. They've got these superstars. They know when game one hits, that's when things get serious. And I guess it was kind of stupid to think the Jets were going to do that considering what have the Jets ever won? Like, you were hoping they were going to turn it on and remember they're this really talented team in the playoffs, but when have they ever really remembered they were this really talented team in the playoffs? They were good last year. That was basically it. They haven't existed that long. Yeah, but they've never been good. (laughs) Well, no, that's because they were doing the Ron Hextall thing where they were just drafting well and waiting for people to get good, and then they finally did. Yeah, and they got one year out of it. And now this yeah. year, now this year they had a good first half and then everything went to shit in the second half and now they're losing to the St. Louis Blues. Like they might not lose this series. The series isn't over, but it's a serious concern. Like there's a team that I would wonder if maybe they they would fire their coach. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, yeah. Like that, I don't like, know. That I, team I is just... just not clicking. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's just something there with the Jets that I don't see them as, I don't see them like I saw Washington, and I don't see them as I see what Tampa Bay probably is with, they're going to get one eventually, you know, like, I just don't, even Nashville, I think the window might be closing a little, and maybe they need a different... I don't think the window is closing for Nashville. I, I, I said this, I think I said this like months ago that I was way more concerned about the Jets' future than I was about the Preds' future. I think, the Na- I think Nashville falls into the category of maybe needs a new coach, but will probably get one eventually, just like I thought with Washington, just like I, I kind of think with Tampa. But I don't see the Jets as that at all. Like, yeah, I know the postseason history, but they'll figure it out one of these days. Like, I just don't see that with the Jets. Evidently, you are both on to something. Let's get to my favorite series. Here we go, boys. 
The Avs have a 2-1 to lead on the Flames. They have done all I needed them to do, and they won two games. Now I can go see Game 6 in Colorado while I'm there on Sunday. Um, the only man, reason I didn't see this, this coming, good. though, because I think the Flames are a much, much better team than Colorado. Uh, how have they done this so far? Is it just that top line going nuts? I mean, Nathan McKinnon, Trailer Park Boys superstar, is in freaking incredible. He's been doing pretty well. I'm also surprised by this. I, I didn't think that the Flames would just walk all over them, but I I kind of expected that they would be a bit better than this. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously having a lot of trouble with McKinnon. Like, they, they really can't seem to... And granted, he's probably the second fastest functional skater in the NHL behind McDavid, so it makes sense that you're going to have trouble with him. But the Flames have a really good defense. They, they should yeah. be they should be doing a better job containing these guys, and they're clearly not. Now, granted, this this series goes back to you know kind of what I said about the the Jets Blues and what I very well should say about the Pred Stars. Like it's only two to one, and if one team yeah. wins a game, it's got to be two to one at this point. So it's very very possible that the Flames at some point in the series will remember that they're the better team and do it. The one thing that's that has to scare you about the Flames is the presence of Mike Smith. Like it just but has he's been to doing scare you. okay. Has he? I mean, I mean, I he's guess... not been he's not been Mike Smith bad. True, but he's still <laughs> not that great of a goalie. And now you've got to win three out of your next uh, your next five games to win this series. And yeah, I wouldn't be super confident about him back there. But or three out of your next four. Yeah, three out of your next four. Okay, yeah, because they played they played three, so there are four left. So yeah, it's it's a concern. I mean, you were kind of hoping if you're the Flames that you get out to a big lead, then you can deal with the inevitable bad Mike Smith game or two. Well, they really can't deal with a bad Mike Smith game or two anymore. Now they pretty much need to win a the vast majority of these games the rest of the way. So it's scary. I still think they're going to find a way, but they, they have another gear. They absolutely have another gear and they weren't like, they weren't like the jets where, you know, they kind of coasted into the playoffs bad in the second half. Flames are a good team. They should be playing better than this. And they're fun, which is why I would like to see them continue. They're super fun to watch. And how about, as Charlie mentioned in the top of the show, Kale McCarr, first game is a playoff game, scores a goal. Man, that's fun. That like, is It's almost fun. like when you bring up young kids and put them in situations, they just kind of adapt and figure it out. It's almost like good players are good no matter when you put them in the NHL. Yeah, it's, they're just yeah. good. It's a wild idea. Yeah, I just uh, Denver. I'm coming home, fam. I'm gonna be <laughs> there for you. Game six at the Pepsi Center. We're gonna get this done. We're gonna put it away in Game six. Colorado's winning out. Sure. Charlie's just Charlie's okay. just done with me. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's just the NHL playoffs. Tampa's gonna get swept. Who the hell knows yeah. what's gonna happen? Anything's possible. It's a nonsense league. Uh, Sharks, Golden Knights, Vegas has the two-one lead. Man, my Sharks are just... Uh, I got to jump back on the Colorado bandwagon that I abandoned halfway through the year and uh, get off the Sharks bandwagon that I jumped on when I no. thought they figured it out. No. Um, I, I choose to believe that the Sharks are going to find a way to win this series. That's I my belief. These are both really good teams, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and the problem with the Sharks at this point is that Jones has been just as bad as you were worried he was going to be. Yep. So it's like, okay. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching this game tonight. Hopefully I'll be done my my second Vigneault article by the time the game starts. But, like, 
my I have serious serious concerns. The thing with the thing with Jones in the situation is that, like, if he keeps playing this poorly, he'll end up a need, flyer. Well, oh god! But like, they need <laughs> to be dramatically better than the Golden Knights, and the Golden Knights are really good. So yeah. I don't I don't know if they I think they have it in them to be better than the Golden Knights. I don't know if they have it in them to be dramatically better. And if Jones is going to play this bad, I don't know if they can win this series. Like they need they just need him to be decent. And the last two games, he has not been decent. No, it's like the uh like the Flyers just needed average goaltending and they make the playoffs in the first half, you know? And it's like if you just play somewhat close to your ability, we're, we're fine, Martin. But you are – he's sucked all year. It, it can't be surprising, though. No. That's the thing. No, it's it not like he's Braden Holtby or Marc-Andre Fleury just having a shit series. He's been bad all year. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable when you think about it that the Sharks have been this good given how bad he's been. What do we think about this uh, Jumbo Joe, Reeves, Evander Kane feud? I think that Ryan Reeves needs to learn to respect people because those comments were out of turn. What do you call him, the Muffin Man? No, he said, like, some shit about, like, uh, his grandpa also can't see up close, so, I don't know, it was some old man joke about oh, damn. Thornton. Well, no, no, it was Kane who called, did Kane call Reeves the Muffin Man? Was that what it was? That it might was somebody called that. somebody. Somebody called somebody the Muffin Man. Yeah, they're getting pretty uh, wordy out there, which is that's, that's fine. I like, like when when series get chippy like this, like this is what playoffs are all about to me, man. Like this is what while the seven game format and all that, we can talk about how it's a coin flip and maybe it doesn't really determine the best team when it's about matchups and everything. But when a team plays each other this many times in a short period of time. I'm all for it, especially, you know, division teams like uh, two Pacific teams here just getting really, really sick of each other in short order. I love it. Like, And if Evander Kane wants to drop the gloves with Ryan Reeves, good luck, my man. Good luck. Yeah, seriously. Have fun with that, buddy. So so, so just just to jump in here, the Phillies are up 10-1 to in the second inning. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was just like, I started to run through this, uh, the Western series here. Cause I just got a text that it was eight, nothing with no outs in the first. I was like, Oh well, <laughs> shit, we got to finish this up. I want to watch. Cause every time I watch is when they play like shit. And every time I watch wrestling or hockey is when they kill somebody and Harper has a huge <laughs> game. So I'm trying to get through this, but yeah. So baseball, it's a sport. It's not bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, the playoffs, I guess three games, like we're looking at all these series, except for those first two we talked about, are 2-1. We don't know a whole a whole lot yet, because there's only two ways it can go after three games. It's 2-1, or it's 3-0, and all these series yeah. are 2-1. You like to get into the games 5, 6, and 7 before it really gets going. But I like to do this show. I like to talk about hockey, and so we're doing that now. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, for, play- don't, don't forget that... Last year, the team that eventually won the cup went down two nothing, lost both games at home, and was down two to one after three games, and they That's won the Stanley true. Cup. So, Good like, point, just Charles. just remember that this is far from over, even especially even and especially for the teams that are down in their series. So worked. Uh... Canes winning the cup. I think that's what Charlie just said. I think so, All right, too. guys, that's 
That's all the time we have for you on Ice Sport Radio. Thank you for joining us. We will continue to come to you throughout the postseason. And as I said at the top, tomorrow, BSH Radio, we will have a full dive into Elaine Vigneault. So look forward to that. Uh, that's all I've got for Charlie, for Kelly. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>